Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 150 on my terms. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey there, welcome back to Changeable. On one of our recent uh, Little School of Big Change possibility calls, um, we were talking about habits and anxiety falling away, what that means, why I say it that way, even though uh, thinking about our habits and issues falling away um, invites our mind to make up a lot of stories. It really does. But but there's good reason for looking at it that way. And, and I we explored kind of uh, how looking at these issues as something that falls away kind of points us more toward the shift in consciousness that accompanies change and points us a little bit away from us and our role and our effort and all of the stuff, all of our assumptions about it being hard and all of that. So anyway, uh, that it was a great discussion. It really could be an episode here uh, on its own and and maybe it will be someday, but this is not that day. So today I want to talk about something that came up in that conversation, which was all of this talk about um, this phrase, on my terms. So somehow we started talking about change happening and, and you know, things shifting for us on our terms. And that phrase really started to highlight just how many terms we have. <laughs> like we all have, if for anything in life, how you would like for things to shift and change. What do you want to have happen? I mean, there is just so many terms that our mind has made up about all about all of these things. Um, and we sort of carry them around. So it's like, yeah, we want to be happy, but on our terms. You know, we want it to be a certain way or we want to, we want our habit to fall away, but you know, we want to, we're willing to lean into some feeling and explore this a bit, but on our terms, you know, if it gets a little, it gets a little too out of our control, then maybe we're not quite okay with it. So it just speaks to all the ways our brain makes up, all the stuff our mind makes up about how we think things are going to look, you know, will it be fast? Will it be slow? Will it take a lot of effort? Will it take no effort at all? Will, will it just fall away magically? Uh, will it take a little bit of effort? <laughs> you know, there's so many, so many pictures and so many stories and ideas that are created around our terms and really just our expectations, how we think things are going to go. Um, and so our mind just goes to town formulating all of these pictures and ideas, which which we mostly just take as truth. You know, we don't even recognize this is happening. And then when life doesn't match our terms, and it rarely does, we suffer. And, and you know, it looks like life got it wrong. So something in this on my terms phrase, it, it, it's so relatable. You know, it's so... I'm guessing that as I'm saying this, you're like, yeah, I can see that for me too, right? It is so universal and so human that it looks like we 
should or maybe even need to come in with some terms. You know, we're not just open to anything. I mean, we, you know, think about where this phrase is also used, like the terms of an agreement or the terms of a contract or even the terms of a relationship. Like you want a, a nice relationship, but on your terms, you know, if your partner wants to have five other partners, then that would probably go against your terms. And then then it doesn't matter how happy you are. You don't want that happy relationship anymore because it doesn't match your terms. So all over the place in life, we have terms. And what are terms? I mean, <laughs> there are there, there are thoughts that show up in a moment that look obvious and look protective and uh, in some cases look likely, like when we're talking about how habits or anxiety might change, you know, on our terms is that there's a shift and we recognize it and everything looks different. Now our mind just made that up, but maybe it made it up because that's what we see in other people and that's what we think is likely. So our terms come from all kinds of places, but ultimately like everything, I mean, they're just a thought. And but the, but they can be thought, you know, that again feels helpful and necessary, and uh, and like something that we really need to pay some attention to because if we don't have terms, who knows what we'll get? Who knows how it'll go? And and ultimately, that's only a problem because we we aren't okay with whatever shows up. So we think. Yeah, I want to be happy, but on my terms because you know if, if if it looks this way or that happens, then I'm not cool with that. So so we don't, in a sense, it's weird to say it this way, but it's like we don't trust life. We don't want life's terms. We want our terms. And you can start to feel how this our terms, you know, they feel like they bring some safety and some security, perhaps, and and some um, some kind of guiding of how life can show up, some intention maybe. And that might feel safe and nice and like a good thing. But, but you know, I think whenever we have terms, and especially when we have terms that we're clinging to, that we're demanding, life is incredibly limited. And what's limiting it but a thought a thought about what our terms are so we're when we hold on to this idea of on my terms we're making life smaller which isn't necessarily a horrible thing we're we're limiting what we're open to and uh limiting what we'll be okay with at least that's what we're thinking in that moment if anything outside of my terms happens i'm not okay with that so we're kind of shaping our experience in a sense and and in some ways, you know, I mean, I just think that can really start to have us feeling kind of locked in. So what if your terms really aren't what's most likely at all, but because they're your terms and you're dead set on holding on to them and things looking the way you think they should look on your terms, then you would never see that. Like, what if your terms are not what's best? And how often have we seen this? And when I say best, I don't mean in any universal sense because there isn't one. But I mean, like, what's best for you? Like, you think 
this relationship needs to look this way for me to be happy. But I mean, we're wrong about that all the time. We have terms, we're clinging to them, we're positive that they're going to give us what we want and we only want what we want because we want to feel good and be happy and feel free. And yet when our terms are wonky, our terms are just assumptions that aren't really necessarily giving us what we want and that we don't need in order to be happy. Now we're just living in this very imprisoned, limited way of being, you know, and all for a thought that looks true. And again, we're wrong all the time. How often in your life have you thought, I need this to happen? And it happens and that turns out to be not at all what you wanted or needed, or it doesn't happen. And that's the best thing that ever happened to you. I mean, there are just countless examples of this from in the habit and anxiety world and relationships and jobs and people losing homes and people like all over the place where we're so positive that we think we know how it should be. We even have terms around it, but we're wrong. Our terms are ignored by life. <laughs> They're just pushed aside by life. We get life on life's terms. And later we see the perfection in that. You know, it just happens all the time. So the antidote, I guess, for on my terms or the opposite of on my terms, maybe there's a few of them. I mean, one of them for sure is I don't know. I don't have terms. I don't know how it should go. I don't know what's what's best. How does that feel? I love that. <laughs> like, And I should say, maybe I haven't always loved it. I don't know. I think I understand that that can totally feel um, scary and kind of threatening sometimes, you know, but, but it can also feel amazing. Like, I, how would I know? Because if you don't know what, what's best for you in a big sense, if you don't know what you think is going to make you happy, which, you know, that's a, that's a whole nother story because things don't make us happy. <laughs> but if you don't know, if you aren't so certain about the conditions that should be showing up in your life, man, you have so much more freedom, so much more time on your hands. If you don't know how much sleep you should have gotten last night and you don't know what you should have eaten and you don't know how your partner should have looked at you or talked to you this morning, oh my gosh, you are saving yourself boatloads of suffering. So <laughs> I don't know, it's like amazing, amazing freedom. Another sort of way of saying, I don't know, which I love, I, I heard this phrase a long, long time ago. Um, I want to say it was in like 2008. I mean, it's a long time ago and I've been repeating it ever since and I'm sure there are podcast episodes about it or I've mentioned it many times is on my terms is what we think should happen and what we want to happen. And the flip side of that is what wants to happen. So when people are struggling with decision-making and they're only struggling for two reasons, one, they think they're making the decision and two, they think it matters, meaning if it goes one way, they'll be happy. And if it goes another way, they'll be miserable. 
Both of those are misunderstandings. Neither of those are true. But when someone's struggling with a decision or a choice or what do I do, it's like, it's just so awesome to be able to say, well, what if it's not about you and what you should do and the decision you think you're making, but what wants to happen here? Like, what is, what is, what are life's terms? What do life's terms look like around this issue? What wants to happen? (laughs) Just saying this, I get giddy. Like, I mean, it just puts you in such a different place. Now we just get to feel small in the best possible way. We get to be humbled. It is not on us to figure out what our brain's going to take credit for choosing or, or what is going to make us happy down the road. How the heck could we ever know that? The whole thing is based in misunderstanding. But when we can say, I don't know, but what wants to happen? What does life have in store? Wow. Wow. I mean, just totally totally, completely different. On our terms, it's like, you know, it's our computer brain making up a picture, making up a story, and then broadcasting it to us, putting it on our screen of awareness and saying, yep, here's the answer. Here's how this should go. But a computer just made that up. Literally, a computer plucked it out of what that, now it's a really amazing computer, yes, but it's still a computer. By definition, it has limited uh, resources and information available to it. It has to be limited. If our mind thought it up, it is a tiny, teeny speck of what's actually possible. We are not talking about this field of infinite possibility. We're talking about what came out of a computer. So on my terms is, is our mind creating a picture or a story and saying, yep, here's what the answer should be. It's a little bit like, um, <laughs> I don't know why I just thought of this, but if you have like a really big question, like what's the meaning of life or, or if you have what feels to you like a really big problem, you feel really stuck and you're looking for guidance and you're like, just what, what do I do next? Like, where do I go? Where should I look? Where do I turn? <laughs> On my terms, it's like if you ask Siri or Alexa the answer to that question. Now, if you have a problem in your life and you say, hey, Siri, <laughs> hold on, my phone's going to go off. No, I, I muted it. Hey, Siri or hey, Alexa, what should I do about blah, blah, blah problem? You might, Siri might say, I don't know that one or whatever she says, or Alexa, whoever says that, but you might get an answer. I mean, it's a computer. It's going to try. It's going to go to Google and maybe land on some Wikipedia page that tells you what people tend to do when they have a problem like yours. If you say, hey, Siri, what's the meaning of life? Why are we here? What is this all about? I'll bet she'd say something. Now I'm totally going to try it and I'll report back, but um, not right now. I'll do it later. But uh, I bet you'd get an answer because, because it's a computer and there's data there. There's data that matches that. It'll find some random website that says something about why we're here or the meaning of life, maybe even a really good one, who knows. But it'll spit out some computer answer to your question. That's kind of what our mind is doing when we need things to be on our terms. Now, the opposite of that might be like, 
wanting to see more about something huge or wanting to see around something that looks like a really big problem or issue for us and us going, it's a metaphor, within, us getting quiet, us feeling that space beyond thought and concepts and right and wrong where we just see different things. It's, it's like, it's a totally different realm. And we touch that realm all the time. Us falling into a totally different level of consciousness where we don't necessarily, and I don't think we usually get an answer that we would want from, from the problem level of consciousness. You know, so if your question is like, what should I do about my marriage? From the consciousness that's asking that question, my marriage is a problem, what do I do about it? Your mind's already spitting out possible solutions, but they just match. You know, it's like, oh, stay, leave, go to therapy, do the, you know, whatever the options might be. Again, those are on your, those are like a completely limited. They're a computer giving some possible solutions to, to the low level of consciousness problem that it appears that you have. Very similar to asking Siri or Alexa for advice. The alternative is going beyond all that. And again, I know that sounds huge and and whatever, but it isn't. We touch that place before thought, before concepts, before problems all the time. It's just being open and being curious. And what we find there almost never is the kind of solutions that the that the computer would spit out. So I I don't think people often touch that space and hear go to therapy in those words. Maybe you do. I don't know. But but you know, we we just see things differently there. We see life differently there. We feel life differently. We're in a different level of consciousness. We're in a different, nothing has changed, but everything's different. So what do you want to do? <laughs> you want to ask Siri or Alexa the big stuff? Or do you want to ask life? Do you want to dip into that field of of infinite potential where everything is and nothing is? And see what you get there. Because to me, that's that's kind of like doing it on life's terms. That's seeing what wants to happen. I have no agenda. I, I All I care about is peace. Even that can turn into an agenda. But what wants to happen? What does the intelligence that's spinning the planets right now, that created everything, what does it want to happen? Maybe I could trust it a tiny bit more than the computer that's sitting inside my head. So shortly after this possibility call that brought this on my terms phrase to life, uh, an awesome woman in our community uh, was sharing some things that she had seen and heard in that. And it, it really helped me to see why we do this. Like, why do we cling so much to on my terms, to how we think things should go rather than yielding to what wants to happen? And I'm sure there are many ways to answer that question, but I think it kind of comes down to like just that we're afraid, you know, we're afraid that if we don't have a grip on things, if we aren't somehow feeling like we're steering, steering things, we're likely to go really off track. And so she was sharing her concerns around that, um, which I just thought were just so beautiful and really, again, just so human and relatable that even though she was seeing through it a little bit as she was talking about it, she said she has this feeling that that life, 
you know, if she leaves it to what life wants to happen, it kind of, I'm kind of paraphrasing, but it, it, it kind of felt to her like life, life might want bad stuff to happen. <laughs> like, I don't want to trust it to like what wants to happen or what life has in store for me, because in her mind, uh, you know, life maybe wants to teach her lessons or, or life might have her suffer and she doesn't want to suffer. She's suffered enough already. So, so there's this sense of like, let me get in there and state the terms really clearly. So me and life and everyone else can know what the terms are. Then maybe within my terms, you know, we'll, we'll let life do her thing a little bit. Um, that's just kind of how I heard it. But, but I, again, I just think that's so normal, isn't it? I mean, have you ever felt that way? I know I have for sure. Like, oh, I don't want to leave it up to the intelligence that's been the planets. I mean, I know what I want. I have some intentions here. Let me have a say. And and to think that life has suffering in store for us or that life has lessons, hard lessons in store for us and no thank you, we don't need to learn that much. It's kind of funny in a way because I think inherent in that is us holding life out as some big force that's somehow separate. But we are life. It's not a separate thing. It's not like I learned in Catholic school as a kid, like there's a condemning God up there that if you do the wrong thing, you're punished. And as I say that, that that's probably where a lot of this comes from, that a lot of this fear that people do have of trusting life, right? If you say it, if you think of it as like, oh, it's the intelligence that spins the planets, well, duh, clearly we should let that, you know, we should listen to that more than our little on my terms. But but that's not really how I think we see it. I'm sure many people, we have some some conditioning there about a, a punishing, judging kind of life, you know, that, that uh, will tell us we're right or wrong. So anyway, it's, it's understandable. It's so understandable. But in the way that we talk about this and how we sort of explore this, I mean, we are life. It is not separate. It is not judgmental. It is not out to punish or reward. It doesn't have specific agendas like that. It's us. So wouldn't it make sense that what life wants to happen is maybe the same as what we want to happen. And I don't mean what our mind wants to happen, but but that there's a bigger benevolent force that's always this intelligence that's always living us and always working through us. And that maybe we just don't need to cling quite so tightly to how we think it should go. You know, maybe there's less separation or no separation between us and life versus how it feels. So our this woman in our community, um, she as she was talking this through on the forum, she was just kind of a lot of things I think were starting to clear up and she was seeing a little bit around this. And for whatever reason in her mind, it brought up a quote that she had heard, an Eckhart Tolle quote um, that said, part of manifestation practice is what you let go of rather than what you add. And that quote came to mind for her and she shared it. And then she kind of said, I don't really know what this means, but somehow that feels connected to everything we're exploring here. And I love that. I love that quote. And I see how it's connected because so, so part of manifestation practice is what you let go of 
rather than what you add. On my terms is full-on ad. It's like, here's what should happen, and here's how, and here's why, and here's the timing. Add, 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 add. And what wants to happen, or life's terms, is letting go of all of that. It's, it's considering that maybe we don't need to add anything. Maybe the less we add and the less we get in the way, the more we actually get what we want. Because think about it. If you're, if you're actively trying to manifest something, if that's a, a practice you do, what are you actively trying to manifest? Now, I'm generalizing, by the way. I'm, I'm sure this is not the case all the time. And I, and I am admittedly thinking about kind of more traditional manifesting practices that people would get into just because that's, that's was the state of things when I looked into manifesting. Um, so, so I'm talking about, you know, imagining and visioning and all of that. No, there's nothing at all wrong with that. Beautiful practices if you enjoy them. But, but I think what you're manifesting is your terms. What else? Why, otherwise, why would you put energy and effort and focus and attention to something? It's your terms, right? You're, you're trying to bring to life your terms. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. It's awesome. It's fun if you want to do it. But, but isn't it kind of cool too to see, okay, I can play this game. I can try to manifest what I think is best and what I think I'll be happy with on my terms. But what if I don't need to do any of that? And in fact, the, the more I just hold that very loosely and I don't cling to it and I don't need it, and the more I'm open to, okay, I can play the game of manifesting my terms, but I'm also able to yield to life's terms and to be in awe of what wants and reverence of what wants to happen. Not what my mind, my computer wants to happen, but what life wants to ha- happen. I mean, it just feels so much bigger. And again, they don't have to be opposed to each other. You don't have to pick a side. But there's something about just holding our terms and our our struggle to bring them to life a little more loosely and opening a little bit more to what life has in store, to what wants to happen that, I don't know, it just makes sense. It just, uh, it feels like, like the path of least resistance and it feels it feels really uh, really worth considering hey did you know that my two flagship programs the little school of big change and the change coach training program now have self-study versions that means you don't have to wait until the next live group starts you can get instant access to the little school of big change curriculum or to an extensive set of lessons and coaching sessions in the case of the Change Coach Home Study course and start seeing more right away. The best part, and this is awesome, is that you get to go through the self-study versions now or whenever you're ready and then also join the next live guided versions of these courses. So your investment for the self-study course goes toward the price of the live course if you choose to upgrade. It's a total win-win. You can get this content now, do whatever you want with it at your own pace, and also let me guide you and support you and lead you through it when it's time. I'd love to see you try out one of these self-study courses. You can find links to both of them in the show notes.